Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 541 for the week of May 2nd, 2020. I'm your host, Anna Marie Privateer. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, Chris. Hey, Hi. Hey, Kelly. Hi. Hey, Josh. Hi. Hey. Hey, Peter. Hi. No, Peter's not here. Alex. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you rebel. All right. We missed last week because I was sick and Chris was at a digital conference, but we're back. A digital conference. True, isn't it? Oh. We're back. Um, so, yeah, we're going to jump straight into what we've been playing. Uh-huh. So let's get the big guys out of the road. We All finished right. Persona 5 Royal. Woohoo! It was excellent, but I think we're really glad to be done. <laughs> How long was it? Uh, 140 hours. Oh, gosh. Open... <laughs> Yearly log of games. It took a while. Persona 5 World. Yeah, 140 hours and I gotta 12 say, minutes. All the way up to the first ending, it's a way better version of Persona 5. That's and a then, very dense game. Then it's up to your opinion on whether or not the extra story is good or bad. I enjoyed it. Chris enjoyed it less than me. Yeah, I don't think it was like terrible or anything, but it was... It was more on the line of, yeah, this is a second season of an anime whose manga only had one season. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's exactly a, what you mean. <laughs> that's a good analogy. <laughs> so with that, it's like, all right, could be worse. Like, but at this point, I'd rather just be, do something else. Even though I want tons of Persona, I'd rather just have the original lengthened rather than this. <laughs> <laughs> That said, well, I you... look forward to taking a stab at it myself through a new game plus eventually. Um, the problem is, what do I do once I get to the extra stuff? I haven't decided. But... You could not finish those three social links. I required. could. Oh, yeah. And just get like the original ending, yep. except it's not really the original ending anymore. They've kind of, you'd get kind of a bad ending at this point. But yeah, I could do that. So we there's can't... a new canonical ending to set up for Scramble. Right. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) So they do a really good job of tying the mandatory social links into the flow of the original game. And was my mind ever friggin' blown when I saw how the new section worked? And I don't want to spoil things too much, so I think I might just have to leave it there. I think you will. Right, um, just like Atlas forced you to leave it there because they refused to let you record <laughs> or post screenshots of anything after the original di- end game, uh, original game's end date. That was frustrating. Was, every time you wanted to show an achievement screenshot of any sort, like no, you've entered a block scene, you're not allowed. Like, but I, what? Why not? Because, but why? Did, did they reasons? Did they relax it for the original no. game? The original? Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. All the way now up you there. can yeah. now you can record. And stream gameplay all the way through the original story. But yeah, it's the up, second... up to December 24th. Yep. Okay. Well, I imagine they did that like that for people like me on the fence that don't really want to buy the game, but just kind of want to see what was new. Mm. I guess. I mean, there's ways around I think it, they did it to avoid so spoilers vaccine. on Twitter, right? Like, that's the yeah. reasonable that, that reason. Too. But, like, it's so restrictive. You can't even, we can't even save screenshots for our own use. Yeah. It's kind of dumb. 
I mean, it's one of those things that's not really stopping anyone, because if you've got a capture card, you can do all that same stuff anyway. It's just making it more inconvenient. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to stop spoilers on Anna, the internet. they just gave me money. <laughs> cool. I'll take money. So Chris is playing Animal Crossing. He's playing the stock market. I'm not playing the stock market. He's letting I just have other my people own, I've got my island market. open and said, hey... If you failed at the stock market this week and just need a place to sell bells not at a loss, I got you covered. What's your bell price uh, today? One forty six. Yeah, that's not bad. And I'm one thirty five. You beat me. I should have done it yesterday. It was one seventy seven. But oh well. People were looking for real options yesterday. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just. Dead. I sold mine earlier this week for five seventy three. What? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was looking up stock market strategies, and it sounds like you buy for under 100, preferably under 50. <laughs> Good luck at that. And then you sell over 500, preferably over 1,000. I've never <laughs> seen anyone over 600s. Okay. I, I want to know what satanic rituals people are getting to get, like, over 500 and 700 on it's, their islands. It's random. It's, it's it, random? Well, Okay. So, instead of turnip.exchange, Kelly, where I sent you earlier, go to stocks.io. And there, okay. they, have pe- they are tracking history and doing pr- um, uh, projections of what your turnip prices will look like later in the week. Um, the, uh. more, the more weeks you put in there, the more accurate they can project the future. They're using patterns and stuff that they've learned over the past few games that apparently are consistent here. And there's a few different curve patterns that you can fall into. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do join that, I will be friends with you. And I got a nice chart here where everyone I'm friends with on stocks.io, we see each other's turnip prices. So we can know at a glance who's got a good one. Because quite yeah, frankly, if I, you can go to a friend's island, that's just, just way better. Period. Yeah, using I any of these to, other services. Now that I'm done with my renovations, I need to get in on that. Um, just because... Yeah, I like the idea of having visitors because I put a lot of time into making my island look nice. I want people to actually see it. Sure. Though I'm thinking about doing some other renovations. But, but by the way, did you know, and I learned this this week, and this was my Animal Crossing project this week. Did you know that you, if you put a bunch of crap on your island, you can actually decide where your rocks spawn? No. How does huh. that work? So a rock will only spawn if the three spaces on all sides of it are open. Mm. So nine by or three by three grid. If you go and you put mannequins in every possible place a rock could spawn other than the ones that you want, then the rocks will spawn where you want. Why mannequins? Because if you just put like, just a blank design. If you go in and change the design, all the mannequins will disappear. Mm. So you pretty much go and put mannequins everywhere and then either time travel or wait six days. And then once all you got all your rocks where you want to, you just make all the mannequins disappear. I mean, you could do it with anything, but then you got to go clean up stuff. Okay. So I have me a little six rock rock garden right now and uh, now i don't have to play find the money rock it's okay just i like people who turn their island the the rock garden into the lowest area and build everything up so it's like a rock quarry <laughs> 
I didn't think about that. I just found like the first clear space that I could find. And it, it's kind of a pain in the ass unless you're time traveling because like you'll miss a spot. And of course the rock will spawn there instead of the spot you want so that you've got to time travel another day. So, but it, it's worth it. It's, it's worth the pain and frustration just to get the rocks where you want them. If you're into that thing. Like, or if, or if you're OCD, like I, I like it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've just been kind of renovating. Um, one of my villages is leaving, so my next goal is to try and get Raymond, which may the odds be in my favor. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? All right, so um, let's jump to the next game that everybody was playing. Well, this week. sorry, we just overwrote persona no. with animal crossing didn't no we? i was totally yeah. done because <laughs> um, that's the problem is it's like that the extra semester i can say i was in it i was surprised i enjoyed it next time <laughs> that's all you could say next time <laughs> uh who's been playing the final fantasy 7 remake thanks uh, also, I, Kelly. <laughs> I finished it oh what do you so think I I don't think the ending is as controversial as people are making it out to be yeah. and Without getting into spoilers, I can't tell if they're being meta or serious. The ending uh, or the possibly people? both? <laughs> but both, yeah, possibly both. But okay. yes, um, I had a lot of fun with it. The, the that whole thing was just crazy. Um, no, no pun intended, because you know you do 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 the crazy motorcycle chase sequence, which was really awesome. Um. Now I'm running around trying to get achievements, and they're not kidding when they say that hard mode is hard. And they hard mode really expects you to have like maxed out material because I didn't know a lot of my important material wasn't maxed out. So I got my butt handed to me in a couple of fights and then spent like a day just leveling up. Um, a bunch of the material, like the really important ones, like elemental and the HB up and MP up materials. And once I got some, like elemental, I maxed out the HP and MP up. I got four stars out of. And once I did that, I, I can do pretty okay with some fights, though. Pretty much every fight in the game at this point requires like a lot of setup. Um. Right now, I'm trying to go for an achievement where you fight all of the summons in a row and then fight this optional boss called Pride and Joy that's supposed to be like this game's um, ultimate weapon. But when you get that, you um, get an accessory that I can't even pronounce that basically like power charges your limit break gauge. So I'm trying to do that before I beat all the chapters on hard mode. Uh... I, I'm still having fun with it, though. The um, some of the hard mode fights did kind of have me frustrated. Like I, I was doing chapter three, and I was just running around doing those side quests, and like the side quests where you have to go kill the dog, that or kill like this mutant dog. That one was like just handing my butt to me, and then the three thugs you fight at the end of that one were also just completely destroying me. So yeah, hard mode doesn't pull punches. But it's mostly a good sort of challenge, not not totally frustrating. Like a good uh, sort of frustrating, not not going over the line. 
I, I honestly think my frustrations were because I wasn't really prepared. Because, yeah. like I said, a lot of my, like, the really good materials weren't completely maxed out. And, uh, I forgot to mention, in hard mode, you can't use items. You can only restore your HP at benches, and your MP doesn't restore. So you have to, like, really use all of your non-item resources uh, to the best of your ability. Hmm. So... Um, you really have to conserve your MP in fights. You have to use, like, MP absorb to bring it back up. You know, it's, it's a lot of min-maxing. Yeah. But once you kind of figure out what you need to do, then the fights are pretty fun. At least I found. I don't know. I'm probably going to be singing a different tune when I try to take on those five summons in a row. And you're like, this freaking gamer! But... I'll see when we get there. Well, I, I had a lot of fun with this game. I'm, I definitely can't wait to see what they pull off next. Um, if they're going to, I don't know, try to milk it for all it's worth, which I think is what they're going to do. But I, I'm really curious what the next game's going to be. I wish Peter was here. I'd love to bounce the ideas off of him. I think he's only on like chapter 14, which is kind of like the do everything you can before you finish out the story chapter. Oh, and Red 13 is best character, and I love him. And I wish <laughs> he played as him. Even if you can't play with him, he's still best. Oh, yes. He, he looks so cuddly, and I love Max Middleton as his voice. And he had some pretty funny lines towards the end. All right. Lab rat dog. <laughs> Moving on. Anything else that lots of people have been playing? Nope. All right. Alex, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I played through Raging Loop. So this is a visual novel, right? It's a visual novel. It's actually a Chemco game. A Chemco visual novel? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Chemco alert. Chemco alert. Yeah. I'm going. not sure how many they've actually made because... I think they are the most in Japan only. But this is basically a Japanese visual novel version of the game Werewolf. Werewolf the Apocalypse? No, the um, part of the game. So like Werewolf or Mafia. Like I figuring out which one is the werewolf? Yeah. Uh, you never played this, Anna? Is this like um, Shadows Over Camelot? Uh, it's not, no, it's uh, it's closer to game. that it's than not, what you were saying, but okay. no, <laughs> it's not a video game. <laughs> werewolf but, is a bunch of you around in a table, and like a couple of you are assigned to be werewolves at night, and then you have to decide whether to like turn people or kill them during the night, and you have to figure out and lie to each other during the day to put people off to so keep them from figuring out you're the werewolves and killing you, and then uh, hopefully everyone in the town dies. And this the two is Shadows win. Over Camelot. Well, like I said, no, no not really. Because <laughs> someone is. Yeah, there's a betrayal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, there's a whole other set of mechanics behind it. This is just a simple find out the betrayer. That's it. There's no other real. Okay. Lose conditions. Gotcha. Other than, so yeah, werewolves win or humans win. That's it. But you're, you're basically playing as a character who ends up in a remote sort of cut, cut off village, sort of just at the time that this event called like the feast of the yomi purge sort of happens which is basically a game of werewolves so you've got a number of wolves who have supposedly replaced humans and then the humans basically get to 
select one person every day to kill who they suspect is a werewolf. Well, at night the wolves get to kill. Whose side are you one on? Human. That depends on which route you're, coming, you're in oh, in the visual novel. I see. Which I've accidentally, accidentally spoiled there, but never mind. Fairly, I mean, it's sort of fairly obvious that's what's going to happen once you get used to the root system and the looping. But yeah, you've all, in addition to the wolves and humans, you've got some additional roles that the humans get. So the snake is able to find out if someone's a human or a wolf, but they only learn that overnight. So there's always sort of a bit of delay before finding out. The crow is able to figure out if the person hanged the previous day was a human or wolf. There's two monkeys who basically know that them and the other monkey are humans and they know who the other monkey is. And there's the spider who's able to actually prevent a specific person from being killed by the wolves for that day. So, But it's basically about watching the village people play that. So if it's a pretty linear root structure in practice. So basically you, you have a number of choices, but the ones that progress are generally locked until you've done enough bad choices and get enough game overs that you can just go back and then select them. And that's sort of tied into the main character's ability to retain his memories after he dies so he can go back in time and then... So he goes back to the beginning and then you go through and plot happens. Plop. Yeah, so, so you're not so much actively playing the werewolf game, it's more watching it play out, but there are bits where you get to make the choice and then you figure out whether that ends in ends badly or not. I am going to put this on my list of things to buy. Yes, it's quite funny. It is very, um, very violent in terms of the text. Oh. There's, yeah, there's a lot a of very... 999 uh, level of rating? Yeah. Yeah, kind yeah. Pretty much. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Sinister Nine Nine. It doesn't actually show any of the gore, but you get uh, you get the nice te- text descriptions. Yeah. All right. What no, else? That's a, a lot of fun. So I, rec- I recommend that if you've got any interest in visual novels. And I've been very slowly trying to play through Conglomerate Four Five One. Which is sort of a roguelite dungeon crawler. It's sort of, sort of cyberpunky in the setting, but you're basically in a in a futuristic city that's run by evil corporations, and you basically just go around doing missions to undermine the those corporations' control over the city. And during that time, you sort of up, upgrade your agents and getting your skills and then yeah there's there's seven i think there's 75 weeks you've got to try and defeat the corporations in and every time you do a mission that takes up one week interesting it's a perfectly functional game but it's not at all that interesting Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it right. is just doing missions. Okay, I've done the mission. Well, next mission. Let's let's go play that, Anna. <laughs> yeah, got a good pull quote there. It's functional. Yeah. <laughs> RP gamer. There's a game box. turns on. <laughs> <laughs> One out of five. 
mean, yeah. The, the, uh, it's more than that because the combat is fine. There's nothing that's actively annoying about it. It's just imminently forgettable. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't give you much enjoyment either. You won't it's, know where the time went because you will have <laughs> forgotten what you were doing. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I found the best way to do it is when sort of watching something else because it's not something that grabs full attention very well. Oof, yeah. It's it's a Netflix and chill game. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, and aside from that, I've been playing MotoGP 20 just because I fancied a racing game and I didn't want one that sort of felt like it would require a wheel, so motorbikes it is. And you need something to wake you up after playing Conglomerate 451. <laughs> <laughs> also true. <laughs> All right. Josh, what have you been yeah. playing to wake you up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been playing stuff that definitely doesn't doesn't put me to sleep. Uh, I finished off Sakura Sakura Wars, the new one, and the review is up on the website. Um, I really like that game. I... I it's one of those games that was difficult to uh, to to write a review about because it's um, it's something that I enjoyed quite a bit, but I'm well aware that it's extremely niche in its appeal because so much of that game is just about like how much you're going to enjoy um, the story bits and interacting with the characters and how much you enjoy enjoy kind of like the ridiculous anime antics that goes on in those games and there's plenty of just kind of like uh yeah there's plenty of standard fair anime you know like misunderstandings oh no this person's accidentally in the uh in the bath you know like stumbles into the bath and then the girls you know beat him up because of that kind of stuff so you need to have a tolerance. Never for seen that, that of... one before. Yeah, never seen that. <laughs> In Rune Factory um, Four Special, it actually keeps a count, a running count of every time you stumble into the wrong hot spring. Stumble and how does it just marks. keep happening? Because um, a lot of times you're looking for a specific villager, and that's where they end up, and you're, you're basically trying to find them. Derp through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and last time I played a girl, and this time I'm playing a boy. So I naturally was like, oh, there's Dolce in the hot spring. Whoop! Uh, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, like, I, you know, like, I, I enjoyed the game. I think the combat is still the weaker part of it. It's it's fine. Um, the it's The fine. way they chose to kind of like flesh out the combat like it's set up like the old school sakura wars games are where you'll have like legit two three hours of just story of both you know the main part of the story and then also kind of like your side stuff where you may be hanging out with one of the characters or doing little little side bits of story and then you finally get to the end of the chapter and it will be the action sequences and then the action sequences are like 15 maybe 20 minutes of like action combat and so that that part of it kind of feels off when you have just so much story and then there's these tiny little action bits yeah, and they that, try and flesh it yeah, yeah go ahead i just 
the one thing that I remember about um, So Long My Love is like the combat sequences and the non-combat sequences were actually fairly well balanced in terms yeah. of volume. Yeah. That, that, that was the way I felt it. Uh, you know, I played So Long My Love. I went back and played the uh, very first game in Japanese and both of them were like that. Like the, you know, there was a decent balance. I mean, the, these things are pretty common now where you have kind of the tactical RPG slash visual novel hybrid where it's lots and lots of text balanced by strategy RPGs. So, you know, like that sort of thing is common now, but back then, like, I feel it's probably a better balance in terms of just, you know, if you're going to have like two hours of text, at least it feels a little bit more balanced if you've got like a 30 or 45 minute strategy battle at the end of it rather than just these short little uh, bursts of action. And, I mean, they tried to balance it out by basically, like, letting you replay these action sections with, like, different characters, but... Uh, What's you the know, motivation the sec- to do so? Well, you you do increase your uh, uh, affection level with a character. You get to, like, pick different characters to be, like, your partner. So you increase the affection level, and you also get, like, like these collectible cards that are in the game. So you can get that's a one of the main ways you can get more of those. So if you're a completionist, it's a it's a reason to go back and do it. But that's pretty much it. Mm. And that's the extra battles that they've kind of provided. So it's a little I don't know. I did, did not feel motivated to go back and replay those battles. They weren't bad, but they weren't. They certainly weren't good enough to go back and play them over and over again. But I just really enjoyed the game like it has such a such an odd, um, delightful sense of style. <laughs> you know, it, the the thing is set, I think we're now to like 1940 or something in that game. But, you know, like it's it, it's very much done with this steampunk style. All the buildings have like, uh, you know, it has this because of the setting is kind of like almost in between like the old imperial style and then like modern setting, like all of Japan, both the both the characters that you meet and the buildings and the architecture, everything's kind of this weird fusion of like old, like the old imperial style and then like the new modern stuff, you know, both like just even characters you see walking around. Some will be wearing like modern business suits. Some will be wearing, um, you know, like old yukatas and stuff. So it, it, it has a very cool sense of style to it. And I mean, the character interactions are just I, I just absolutely loved the all the, you know, kind of the mund, even slightly mundane character interactions and stories there. It was just, you know, a ton of fun. And the lips system where you're interacting with them is just a lot more interesting than sitting there and reading for two hours and maybe making a couple of, you know, small decisions there. There's a little bit more. Like like I said last time I was on, like there's a little bit more depth and a little bit more subtlety to it than there is in a lot of those sort of uh, visual novel strategy RPG uh, strategy RPG hybrids that you tend to get, where it's just like oh every you know once an hour maybe you make one choice that's kind of a binary choice or one of three. In this one, it's much less obvious a lot of times, like what what's the, the there's a lot more choices and it's a lot less obvious like what which one is the one to take. 
And, and even though, like, it, it certainly will let you do, like, slightly uh, <laughs> devious or pervy things, like, but you get punished for any time you do that kind of stuff. Whereas most game, most of the games in this kind of genre, you, you know, like, it's almost like you're supposed to be leering. Whereas in this one, it's much more like, well, no, you can leer, but, you know, like, the game is going to punish you for doing that. <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. Speaking of strategy RPG visual novel hybrids, Alex, you would be very proud of me. I have successfully mm -hmm. infected Nisa's Discord with the term underwater Ray Romano. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it is. Are too proud. <laughs> and then speaking of other I'm proud. strategy RPGs. <laughs> I've been playing the new XCOM game, the Chimera Squad. Have you macked the Snake Ooh, Girl yet? Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? It's it's weird. It's different. Um, that's like, not a yes. Kind of... That's not a yes. What is I, that? I haven't... <laughs> let him explain. <laughs> let me. Let me. Let me. All right. So you know, like. So I actually, I did not play much of XCOM Two. I think it came out at about the same time as. Uh, what was it? Fire Emblem Fates. And I went off down the Fates rabbit hole and uh, never I only played like a couple hours of XCOM 2. So it's so most of my XCOM experience goes back to Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within. So I'm kind of missing out on the story from, well, story in quotation marks from XCOM 2. <laughs> so this is set, what, like a couple of years after XCOM 2. Now you have the humans and the aliens and hybrids all kind of trying to live together in a tenuous peace and now the XCOM squad the chimera squad is being sent to like this model city to try and maintain order and fight against these uh you know these groups that are trying to undermine the uh, the the tenuous peace that exists so instead of like the bigger maps that you had in like the original XCOM everything is pretty like is much smaller and so it, it's just kind of like done like room by room, pretty much. Almost all the maps I've gone through, I, I you know, like five or six hours into it. And I'm not too far. All the all of the battles so far is like it, it will be done like room by room. And the the map will start is you'll have to pick like which areas you want to breach from. So you might just have like a regular door that you can just burst in through. And it will kind of tell you like a rough idea of like, OK, here's the likelihood that ha someone's going to get hurt going through it. And there may be some perks to going through that. And then you can also equip your characters with like ex explosives or some of your characters will have like like there's the snake lady and she may be able to slither through the sewers and then Been come up in the middle of lady. the. Uh... <laughs> of course, there's a snake lady, <laughs> um, but she may be able to slither through the sewers and then pop up right in the middle of the room and attack people. So, so there's like this strategy to that. And then you'll like go through the room and you may have, it may just be like, kill everyone. It may be like, okay, you got to secure some hostage. You may have to like capture the leader of a group. You may have to, you know, grab some piece of equipment, something like that. And once you do that room, um, it, it kind of, the battles are like split. So there are like some of like smaller battles where it'll just be like one room and that'll 
be it. Like you'll just grab the VIP and have to extract them. And then there are the bigger battles where it's like multiple rooms, one after another. So you clear the first room and then it's like, then you start out to the second room and you do another breach. And each one, you know, like your characters are taking damage because this is XCOM. It's hard. People are getting hurt. So you have to kind of like try and remember to balance and make sure that you keep everyone alive. You know, you have to make your decisions uh, in each of these separate rooms so that, you know, like, you you know, when you're in that first room, like, okay, there's going to be at least one more, if not two more rooms that I got to get through after this. So I got to figure out like how I'm going to keep everyone's health up so that that so that, you know, it's not just a matter of getting through this first room. I got to get onto the second and the third room. So it's like a very different sort of game than the original XCOM was. You know, XCOM, the maps were usually quite big and you had to work your way across, you know, from starting at one point and then you would have to work your way all the way across a map to get to whatever your objective was, right? These are much more, much smaller and more contained, but it's still like the strategy is still there. Like I, I'm, you know, like I'm having a lot of fun with with playing with uh, playing it and figuring out like where I want it, to, it's it's still the XCOM stuff. It's still you know figuring out like okay, how am I going to move my characters around, keep them in cover, kill the people. Um, the other big thing that they've done is like unlike the old XCOM, you know, where it was very much you have your set of turn, your characters have a set of turns, and then all of the uh, enemies get their turn. This one, they've went to just a turn order. So it will be like your character, then an enemy, then your character, then maybe two of the enemies, and then your character. So you've got a set turn order on the side. So you know what order everyone is going to go in. So now you have to like factor that into your decision making as well. So you have to decide like, okay, am I going to, is there some way I can whack, you know, uh, knock out that next uh, enemy that's about to attack someone? You know, do I need to move this person into, uh, into cover or heal them? Because like, oh, geez, their, their health is getting low. Um, It's, oh, and that's the other thing is now, I mean, there isn't really permadeath in the same sort of sense because. Because now once one of your characters dies, you know, it, it has that same thing where whenever your one of your characters gets all the way to zero health, they start bleeding out now. And you have like three turns to uh, keep them, you know, to save them, either to, you know, get one of your characters over to them to, uh, you know, patch them up. Or you can, if you can finish the mission within, you know, that three turns, you can, you know, like that's another way to go about it. You don't have to pa- go and patch them up if you can finish the mission in whatever the three turns it takes for them to bleed out. Um, so, but now if you don't manage to do that, that's a game over. Like oh. you, there is no, there is no like death and then you get another character like, nope, it's game over and you have to redo the mission. Or you can play on Iron Man and it will delete your save file and force you to start all over from the beginning. Um. <laughs> oh, you never heard of Iron Man, Anna? Uh, uh, yeah, I've I've heard of this and I recognize that some people like it, but I do not understand the appeal. Uh, hey, I mod the heck out of my XCOM playthroughs, so I'm not one to talk. I've heard of Iron Man and wow, but not other games yeah that's kind of a big thing in XCOM is Iron Man mode where you can't 
uh, you know, like you get one save file, someone dies, like you take tough. It. You're just, it's it's very fire emblem. <laughs> yeah, but can't you you can't do that in this one, right? Because it's set yeah. heroes. Yeah, like I said. The, okay, that's sorry. What's what happens in Iron Man mode yeah. now is basically it will delete your save file. It's oh, just like you got to start over again. You don't just yeah. lose a hero. You're just done, done. Yeah, oh boy. you're done. Oh boy, <laughs> you failed. Oh start boy. again. Try again. <laughs> do it again. Do it correct this time. Yeah, do better. Do better. Do better. Do better. Go home. Um, so far it's been good. Like I haven't had any bugs this time. Um, like that happened to me one time. That's the reason I've stayed away from Iron Man mode back on the original XCOM because I tried playing that way one time and got like, you know, eight ten hours in and then hit a bug and you know I'm stuck with the one save file and I couldn't you know. I was just stuck and had to restart that playthrough because of just a bug. Nothing that happened to me. So, you know, like I kind of stayed away from Iron Man. But, like, I haven't had any bugs in this one. It's been really, really solid. It, it still has mod support. I haven't really explored what all the mods are, what what mods are out for it yet. But, I mean, for 20 bucks? At least bucks? one of them makes the snake lady naked. What? Oh, of course. Does it matter oh, with the snake lady? I How do we... Oh, she has a top, doesn't she? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Also, Pass. I discovered this week that the snake lady, they're all oh, snake ladies. Oh, you and the pet snake ladies. They're all snake ladies. There's no such thing as a snake dude. Well, they don't look... There's one snake dude. That's gendered. a snake king. Okay. Everyone else is a snake lady. Oh, I see. You got pulled down the snake lady rabbit hole? Apparently. <laughs> you don't want to get pulled down the snake hole. You're going to die. <laughs> All right. Anything else you were playing this week, Josh? Mongoose down the snake hole. No, that's that's enough. Okay. Uh, Kelly. Yes. How did you like the Brigandine demo? Yeah. Not for me. (laughs) That's how I felt about this the Genesis game when I've tried it. Genesis. No, there is no Genesis game. game. Whatever it was. PlayStation one. It was old. It's pixely. I can't tell. Extremely glacially paced on the PlayStation. Yeah, so I I saw Limited Run Games was do well. I guess that's a new story later. But I saw that the demo was up and it looked interesting in the trailer. I was like, oh, mo- monsters fighting monsters in a hex-based tactical RPG. Th- this could be interesting. And I pulled it up, and nothing about the story bits they had in the demo seemed interesting at all. It was basically like what I call popsicle stick story, where it's just cook. You know that thing that RPGs do, where they just have characters t- talking, and the character portraits just gotta move up and down when they're talking, and it's not interesting at all. To me, that looks like people just taking two paper cutouts on a popsicle stick and having a puppet show. And I really hate it when RPGs do that because, t- to me, it just makes the story completely uninteresting. Though, b- b- bear in mind, part of this is probably colored by me coming off of Final Fantasy, where the storytelling is, you know, amazing. And I, I don't know, it just nothing about it made me want to get invested in it. Yeah, I'm not sure story is a major thing on Big and Dean just because it's basically six different campaigns, so I don't think they're going to go. They're probably not going to go all in on story for that sort of thing. So, I mean, in the original Brigandine, if I recall correctly, each of the stories had a very small slice 
and they were very shallow. And it was only when you put all of the six stories together and unlock the seventh that it made any sort of sense. Yeah. And I mean, to me, a good TRPG has to have a good story tied to it or else it's just going to be dull. And that's what this whole, the whole demo felt like it was, it was dull. Um, you get to play through three seasons, which is essentially like three battle phases where you prepare and then you attack and then you get into your fights. And it took me all three phases to like finally get to a point to where I understood the battle system and the the, the monster troops just – I thought that they were going to be cool, but really they were just smacking each other around the map. So they – I mean – they just seemed like mooks on the battlefield. There was nothing interesting about them. The knight, or like the, I don't know what you would call them, like the, the named units that summon all the monsters did have some interesting moves, but not really all that much. And the whole, the whole demo just felt very dull to me, which was really disappointing because in the trailer, it looked like it was going to be interesting, and it's just not. So... I'm going to hard pass on this game because I don't think it's going to be for me. Um, I don't know. I just, I kind of prefer my TRPGs to have just a little more substance than this, especially in the story department. That's fair. All right. Yeah. I think it's time for me. Um, I've been playing Rune Factory 4 special. Um, I'm very excited and I think people who have been listening to the podcast for a while got tired of me complaining about how I couldn't unlock the third arc in the 3DS game. Um, I unlocked it eight days after I finished the second arc. So I'm pretty sure that they've significantly upped the rate of that opening. Um, because uh, Platy, who is doing the review, he also unlocked it very quickly. Um I'm not enjoying the third arc. The bosses mm. are stupid. <laughs> like stupid as in stupidly designed or stupid in that they have a brick for an AI. Stupid as in they're des- so they're designed totally different from the rest of the game, except the boss of the final arc. So almost all of them have a real specific element that's associated with them. And they have some sort of ability that takes up a large amount of the screen. And you have to figure out how to either dodge or absorb it. And the thing is, is every single boss is a different element. So basically you're having to go back to the drawing board every boss. And figure out, all right, I need a new weapon, I need a new new set of armor, or I need to reforge my armor. And it's not fun. I find that very frustrating. <laughs> so you sound like you weren't missing out on much when you, you didn't get the third yeah. arc anyway. <laughs> and like, the thing that I like about Rune Factory as a series is that it is a mix between combat and farming because neither one of those... Um, functions um, are good by themselves. It's the combination of the two that makes it really good. And so I'm really losing steam on it. And so even though it's been more than five hours, I may slap that with my my five-hour rule and just say, yeah, you know what, I'm done. The five-hour rule for the third arc. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. 
I don't know. I'm still deciding. I might play it a little bit more, move into spring, see if I can unlock some more seeds and go from there. Um, I'm really struggling to find dungeon seeds in a way that I didn't struggle in the 3DS game. And so I think that's also part of the problem is I think I'm partially underleveled. But grinding. Yeah, because I haven't even figured out how to I haven't even figured out how to grow a dungeon. Um, yeah, you get a mission for it, and I swear, and maybe I'm wrong, but I swear in the original Rune Factory 4 on the 3DS, they gave you a dungeon seed to do it with. And then you just had to find more. But in this one, it's like, grow a dungeon! Peace! Wait, and it doesn't I tell you I have a it. confusing question. Mm-hmm. How do you grow a dungeon? You plant a seed, that... and when it grows, it becomes a dungeon? That's not... So... When a mommy dungeon and a daddy dungeon, I'm so confused. I'll explain it when you're older. Okay, thank you. Um, so, other things I've been playing this week. I, like, kind of went all PC this week. You did not. Yeah, because... You played Persona 5, and then you started playing Catherine. No, I played Wintermore Tactics Club. Well, you did do that. I can't talk oh, about I'm it. I'm interested in this. Because it's still <laughs> under embargo. Ah! But I'll talk about it next week. Darn or it. you can read the review that comes out Tuesday at 6 She'll tell you after the call. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I noticed that Yes, Your Grace was on sale again. And um, I think people remember, maybe people remember ta- me talking about Not Tonight, which was the game where um, because your grandparent was not natively born in England, you were now considered an immigrant and ineligible to live there. Except in... Um, Isn't that the one where you were a bouncer? Yeah. So um, the premise behind Not Tonight is <laughs> strikes a little close to home. <laughs> you are put into an immigration camp because you are no longer considered British. And everybody in the immigration camp is forced to work a demeaning job. And so I become a bouncer. And um, I end up overthrowing the government. Spoilers. <laughs> it kind of gets um, projected at the start of the game. But anyways, the people that made Not Tonight made another game with the same sort of visual pixely style called Yes, Your Grace. And you are a king. You are your grace. And you have three daughters and a wife. And you can and and all sorts of um, uh, the the citizens. And you can make you cannot make everybody happy. And they literally warn you at the start of the game, both both literally, like there's a screen at the start of the game that says, you will not be able to make everybody happy. You are just going to have to do your best. And one of the first days that you are a king, there are two people that both require the same thing and you cannot give it to them both. So both gameplay-wise and... In writing, they tell you that you cannot make everybody happy. So the idea is, is you're a king, there's a war coming, and you're trying to figure out how to stave off that war. And so there are three sort of broad resources. You have gold, you have supplies, and then you have personnel. And you literally never have enough of those three resource categories to make everybody happy. So you have to tell people no, or you have to give them... a like a second best alternative and you just kind of have to make it work so i actually got a pretty good ending um that's a good conceit (laughs) yeah it's really fun 
because you feel and I mean here's the thing is like someone comes to you and says hey there's this magical creature living in our well we can't draw water from it and so we have to go to the river but the trip to the river is really long and dangerous and so you can send the hunter to destroy the creature in the well um, you can send the general to help people build a new well, or you can give them gold to build a new well, or you can just tell them to wait until the creature moves to a different source of water. And so you have choices. They're not, they're not all good choices. And if you don't help them, which I couldn't at the time, I had neither a hunter nor a general nor enough gold, they come back and say, hey... We sent out our children to get water and like all of them were slaughtered. So we're going to leave your lands and join the lands of the people that are about to attack you. So middle finger. And so later on when there's the war, you can't call upon those people to be in your army. And it makes the (laughs) other army bigger. So there are real consequences in game to the decisions that you make. They're not just, well, too bad. All choices have weight to them and sometimes you don't figure them out until very late in the game so like um the king's youngest daughter is obsessed with having a pet hey don't spoil this and she goes through a myriad number of pets and at some point you have to make a decision about whether these pets are appropriate or not and that decision has huge consequences potentially Like, then there's other things that you should have influence over that you don't. And there's valid criticisms for this game about what they do let you influence and what they don't. And it's kind of weird. Well, and some of the things kind of get a little wiggity wiggity. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you're a king, you have three daughters, your wife partway through the campaign gets pregnant, and you can do a ceremony, ceremony. with a witch to ensure that it will be a boy. Hello, Miss Witch. If, if, Does if that Game sound of like a good taught, idea to you? No. I was going to say, if Game of Thrones taught me anything, this will end horribly. So I said, hell no, this sounds way too dangerous. And so that ended up being good and bad, and I don't want to spoil why that ended up being good and bad, but that decision affected my ending in like four different ways. <laughs> So, yeah, I just love how, like, all of these consequences have, like, real mechanics that go with them. Um, And then I was like, well, since I've been playing on the PS4 all week, why don't I pull it? And I just finished Persona 5. I should really pull out Catherine Full Body and play it. So I spent yesterday evening playing it. I'm through about the first half. I'm playing it on safety because the thing that interests me most about that game is the choices that I make. Rather than... Not the block puzzles? No. (laughs) Which is the meat and potatoes of the game, Anna. (laughs) Hey, they give you safety mode. Uh Uh-huh. They give you safety mode. Uh This is a valid way of playing. Let me explain. In safety mode, anything that would make this whole mechanic mean anything is disabled. (laughs) This happens to you multiple times. Also, Sojuro explains this to you, which is awesome. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like safety mode is like the same in that one Zanky Zero game that I played where the safety mode just like turned off all the encounters. (laughs) So it's pretty much just a visual novel with a maze. Yeah. (laughs) 
Ooh, that sounds good. You'll have to message me about that game. Oh, Anna. <laughs> Stop uh, playing games with no combat. I will, They're not RPGs. I will put it in your box of crap I need to send you. Thank you. Oh, boy. More boxes of crap for us, Anna. Just what we need. <laughs> um, I think that's everything I've been playing this week. Yeah, that's everything that I've been playing this week. So Is it now? Yes. Oh, all right. I think that's everything everybody's been playing. I played things. What'd you play? Uh, Animal Crossing, which we talked about. Uh huh. Um, I played uh, Musha on the Genesis for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, that was the shmup. Yeah. That you were yeah. terrible at. I was terrible at it, but it was fun. And then you wanted to play something else, so I turned it off so you could do that. Um, Wait, you actually played it on the Genesis? I played it on my Raspberry Pi. Ah, uh, okay. I need to go buy that game. I don't own that one. I should go it's get it. uh, kind of expensive. I know. So... Tell me about it. That's why I don't own it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been looking for it for one of our friends for a few years. No, that's a different game. Classic. I... Oh, unless he wants that too. Yeah, he does. Oh, great. I don't think we're ever going to get it for him. At the no, price not not and not at MGC. <laughs> MGC's too picked over. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> MGC's non-existent this year. <laughs> what else? Did, I played something else on PC, Anna. Um, what was it that we were doing? Oh, this guy's dressed up very dapper. Like a three musketeer just walked on my island. Um, I just had a Palatina show up at my island. Oh, cool. What, 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 what were we playing, Anna? I don't um, know. Um... The new event started in Crusaders of Lost Crusaders Idols. Crusaders of Lost Idols I've been playing. I played some Final Fantasy Free Enterprise. And all right, I guess that's it. Oh, I forgot to ask you when we was talking about Animal Crossing. Did you, have you bought any art? Yeah. What what art have you bought? I bought um a girl with the with the girl looking wistful painting. Oh, is that the, the one that she was blinking? Hair. No. Goodness. She was fine. I haven't, I haven't found any haunted paintings yet, but I don't know if I've checked. I want that, but no, this was a uh, this was a legit one. I was able okay. to look at it and <laughs> Leonardo's um, drawing of man that had a coffee stain in the corner was not correct, <laughs> and then some other one that had some addition. Oh, right, <laughs> there's this one oil painting of an old dude that had these really fake looking hands added to it. <laughs> Really poorly drawn on fingers. <laughs> my my favorite fake painting is the Mona Lisa um, eyebrows. eyebrows, and it looks like like she shaved her eyebrows and then drew them on, which makes it even funnier. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. I know. Um, I I have a legit wistful painting in my house, but because that that was the one that I got as the default that opened up the museum, I can't. Like give it to Blathers. Actually, I need to just put it in it. my free. Yeah. yeah, I need to put it on my free stuff pile Can you for sell somebody it else. For a bunch of money? No, you. It goes for like nothing because I tried to sell. Even though it's it legit. Yeah. Lame. Yeah, I know that you think that it would work like that, but it doesn't. So I, I need to just either send it to one of you or put it in my pile of free stuff for my visitors. But. Um, did you also do the rover maze yesterday? No, I didn't. Um, I think you could still do it up to the fourth. It's worth doing because if you do it right, you get a lot of bell vouchers. 
and I don't know how hurting for bells you are. I need to pay off my house. Like I spent a lot of my savings like remodeling my town, and I'm a bad homeowner. Wow! Somebody just laid out a rows and rows of presents on my island. I have to figure out what I'm doing here. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's a lot of swag. Yeah, I don't know what any of it is. So let's start opening. See, I made myself like a designated present area. Really? Yeah. Oh, for people to leave tips? Yeah. But you don't even. Ha- All right. Well, I, I you would I just say open that... it up to show it off. I didn't know you were looking for tips. No, I well, I mean, I say that I actually had to like kind of cut that area in half um, because I I put out presents like cra- extra crafting recipes for other people, but I need to put in the back in the present area because I had so many duplicate crafting recipes that I just didn't know what to do with them. But yeah, you need to come to my island. I've I made do. I do. Renovations. All right. Anyway, Your sorry. island makes me sad because there's no more white uh, trash mountain. No, I had to dis- dismantle white trash mountain. But it's for the best. It's for the best. All right. <sighs> and all I need is a metal guitar and a bass for my stage area. Metal guitar? Yeah. Oh, no. Like an electric? They have, There's a rock guitar and there's a metal guitar. And the metal guitar is a flying V. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I did see like a violin or viola, but it was really expensive. Ah, uh, yeah, so I yeah. I I get annoyed that the third item in the upgraded shop every day is like super expensive. I actually had to spend a lot of my house payment money on a TV, but I really wanted a TV for my house so that it can play Japanese game shows and tennis. But. Anyway, uh, feedback. Feedback? Where's Anna? That's my feedback. I th- oh, I think she needed us She needed us to do feedback. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Let's see. The uh, What was the question? What game not named Cyberpunk is your most anticipated 2020 release? Whew. Shadowlands. Shadowlands. World of Warcraft? Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because... Uh... Like a dragon. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be off, pretty hard for something to top Final Fantasy VII for me this year. Yeah, you're already good, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, what do we got? Gamer Esquire says, Before playing the demo a few weeks ago, I would have said Bravely Default 2. Despite positives such as the soundtrack and the heightened difficulty, I think my overall excitement for the game was somewhat diminished. As of now, I will go with Trials of Mana and Xenoblade Definitive Edition as a close second. Let's see how that goes for you. Trials of Mana is out, of course, so I'd be interested to know if you liked it, gamer. Uh, Shaman says, I don't really know what's left for original games this year because of circumstances and uh, don't own anything capable of playing Cyberpunk. So I guess it falls to a tie between Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive and Trails 3 on Switch. Oh, yeah, Trails 3. That one can be on my list. Featherhoof says, as the one, as one of the weird ones not actually excited for Cyberpunk 2077, this was a little easier for me. 
Xenoblade Definitive, Trials of Mana Remake, and Bravely Default 2. All excited for. Yeah, played the Bravely Default 2 demo and now excited where I was previously lukewarm to it. Elvis is my spirit animal. But the one most... I thought your spirit animal was a horse, Featherhoof. That's the name. Okay. But the one most anticipated game I'm looking forward to is Tales of Arise, allegedly coming out in 2020. So says the vague release date. Tales of Zestiria made me lose faith in the Tales games, but Biseria brought it right back and heightened it, and I can't wait for more Tales. There we go. Victor says, I would like to confirm that Undertale is designed so that players of any skill level can get through it and enjoy it. You hear that, Anna? You hear that? I don't think she can. She hears it. You don't think she can get through it? No, I don't think she can hear you. I think that she can get through it. Oh, I think she's just tuning out any mention of Undertale at this point. If the player falls in battle, then it's always very quick and easy to get back into the action without any loss of progress. I was personally terrible to Undertale's combat, but loved the game anyway, and beating it didn't take long. Beating it didn't take long at all, Anna. You hear that? She says, "Uh uh-huh. All right. Well. (sighs) I don't think we're going to convince her. Yeah, I don't think so either. Victor continues to say, Thanks for the heads up on Pixel Cross Adventure. I enjoy Nanogram puzzles, so this one is a must-play. Nanogram is not Sudoku, right? No, Nanogram is the copyright-free use of Picross, and Nintendo owns the term Picross. Got it. Because that makes sense. All right. Uh, question of the week. Victor says, I'm getting a strong sense of deja vu because my answer is the same as a previous question of the week. World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Against my better judgment. There you go. You and Victor can play together, Kelly. I think Shadowlands is going to be the A-team this time around. Victor says, I did not like World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth, so much so that I have actually stopped playing WoW for months. I'm still not sure I want to go back, but at least I have credit on Blizzard's digital store, obtained through Blizzard's token system and WoW's in-game gold, so that Wizard, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands will f- be effectively free, in quotes. Alright, that makes it feel better. Uh, playtime... Uh, Platium 3. Sorry, I know that's I keep saying playtime. Uh, Bravely Default 2 barely edges out my excitement for Cold Steel 3, mainly due to the fact I'm actually caught up on that series. The Bravely Default games and Octopath Driver have been my favorite new twist on turn-based combat in the past decade. Well, they're not really the same, right? And that demo was pretty amazing proof of concept for what's to come. Okay. And old question of the week update. I did manage to beat both Trails in the Sky second chapter and Tokyo Mirage sessions in April. Good job, Platty. Strawberry Egg says, it's probably way too late to answer this question of the week, but here goes. I'm most looking forward to Bravely Default 2. No surprises there, I suppose. I'm a bit worried it won't actually come out this year, but we'll see. Then finally, Corey writes in to say, regarding Watership Down, they made a new Netflix show in Christmas 2019. It has McAvoy in it. What's McAvoy? Oh, James McAvoy. Oh, okay. He's a... Professor X in the newer X-Men movies. Oh, him. Okay. Yeah. He he plays a rabbit? Yeah. (laughs) All right. But more importantly, it's originally a book. Yes, I know. It was written by a father who was telling his daughter's stories on long trips. It is not a horror story. It's not blood and gore. I never watched the 70s one, but I read the book as a 13-year-old and many times afterwards. Alison Kelly really sold it short on that bad movie. Thanks. Listen. 
Oh, I mean, I'm just saying that that movie was uh, was pretty terrifying, and the book, the book <laughs> is a little bit terrifying because that's the first time most people see that rabbits aren't exactly cute and cuddly; they're kind of mean. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I remember the book being quite good. I didn't get through it. We had to read it in school one year, so that's how I got it. You got to read cool books. Eh, no, I also got to read boring books. Yeah, uh, me too. I eventually got to the point where I just stopped reading the books and still got <laughs> good work on the tests because we um we had to do an optional book report one year, and I did one on one of the Resident Evil novelizations because I figured that if I was strapped for time, I knew the game well enough that I could just fake <laughs> the rest of it. Did it work? Yeah. Yeah, it worked. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, what else we got? Anna, you want to do some headlines for us? Oh, is it time for the news? All right. Um, let me pull up my first news story. Atom RBG Trudeau grad is entering early access in May. So this is a turn-based Pokalap... Turn-based post-apocalyptic RPG. And oh, your favorite kind. You can play it on Steam beginning May 11th. This is a standalone expansion to Adam RPG. Um, it will have new cities to explore, multiple ways to resolve quests, combat styles, and multiple character development options. You can transfer your character from Adam RPG if you've played it, um, and the devs recommend you do that. So. Signs of the Sojourner is a narrative deck building RPG. It's coming, it's also going to, no, it's not going early access. It's just straight up coming out. So that is going to hit PC and Mac on Steam on May 14th. If you prefer to play it on the go, a Nintendo Switch version is coming later this year. Um, you are a traveling merchant. Um, who takes over your mother's store after her death, and you are looking for new goods to sell in it. Um, the journey becomes one of self-discovery as you meet a diverse cast of characters. Oh, sounds like a game you'd play. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Conversation takes the form of a card game where the cards are the player's view and personality traits, which are influenced by their interactions with others, leading to many different paths through the game and multiple endings. Yeah, yeah. the description. Description sounded almost like Reseteer, but then you looked at it and it looked much more narrative with the weird card card narrative battling system in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a game that's kind of like this, and I played it at PAX a few years ago. It's called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that's I actually, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got ported to Switch and other consoles last year. It's been out on PC for a few years. Maybe I should play that. That's one of my backlog games, so I'm definitely going to take a look at that. All right, Signs of the Sojourner, May 14th. Um, Seven Nights, Time Wanderer. Oh, thought we talked about this a couple weeks ago. No. Maybe we talked about it, but now it's uh, delayed. Yeah, I think you talked about the announcement. Oh, okay. 
So, yeah. So, Seven Nights Time Wanderer is um, a Netmarble game. And we've talked about, we definitely talked about this because I have talked about how Netmarble is totally huge in China and Southeast Asia. They normally do mobile games. This is their first Switch game. And only a couple weeks after announcing it, um, they delayed it. <laughs> so, they say this is due to COVID 19 global pandemic. Um, and basically, this game was supposed to come out in June, and now it is. We have no idea when it's coming out. Um, and I think I might have talked about, oh, maybe I didn't talk about it because it's been a couple weeks since we've been on the podcast. So certification and ratings are, like, almost not happening right now. It's very slow. Oh, they, they totally stopped in Japan. Yeah, so Ciro has completely ceased. Yeah. Um, ESRB, Peggy... Um, ISK and I forget what the one for Eastern Europe is. They're all going, but they're going very slowly. And lot check is like so slow. So <laughs> you're going to see a lot of these announcements coming because games are not going to make it when they think they are. All right, moving on. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami is out now on Xbox One. And it's on Game Pass right now, so it's free if you've got Game Pass. So this was originally out on PS4 in 2017, PC release in 2019, um, and now it is available on Xbox One. And if you have uh, for $20 or local equivalent, and if you have the Game Pass, you can play it totally for free. Vaughn, this is the one that you need to start with. Yes. So Yakuza 0 is the prequel to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yes. There you go. I, I, I think you're perfectly fine to start with zero because it's probably the better game. But, you know, it depends on on your feeling about going back to games that maybe aren't quite as good or getting the better game that's more likely to hook you into the series. So I, I think he would like this one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both good. I think Yakuza 0 might be better than Yakuza 1 in some ways. Oh, Yakuza 0 is totally a much better game because it, it was made much later. You know? Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, Yakuza Kiwami has some of the restrictions that were just kind of like built into it, it was the very first game they put out, so they hadn't quite nailed down the formula yet. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, Dorymon Story of Seasons has a PS4 release date. I thought that was out. So it came out and it was Switch exclusive. Oh. Yeah. And now so, they're bringing it out to PS4. And it was interesting. Switch and PC. Hmm? Switch and PC. Sorry, Switch and PC. And now it's coming to PS4. So this was really interesting to me because I was watching the stories about this. And some of the websites translated this as both Doraemon PS4 and a new Story of Seasons game was being made by Bandai. But I think they might have gotten confused. How so? Anna. Oh. How so? That there is no second Story of Seasons game by Bandai that was announced. Oh, yeah, Story, Story of Seasons is marvelous. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dorymon Story of Seasons was made by Bandai Namco. Yeah, but that's because Bandai Namco owns Dorymon. Right. Well, yes and no. I mean, there are other crossover games that the Bogoju Monogatari series has had in the past, but they've all been developed with Marvelous at the helm. Dorymon Story of Seasons was developed in almost entirely by Namco with very little input from Marvelous. That's a huge change. Ah, so that's why that's part of the reason this is getting a PlayStation port? Correct. 
because I was about to say, I didn't think Story of Seasons had been on PlayStation consoles since like PSP. Vita. Quite some time. Oh, Vita. There was one on Vita? Okay. Hero of Leaf Valley. Okay. Oh, but I don't think they're. Uh, I think the only natively PS3 game was Rune Factory Oceans. Yeah. Um, that has a different name uh, in North America. Tides of Destiny. Oh, okay. I just I deal with the European version of that game more than I deal with the North American one. <laughs> um, which is funny because Natsume didn't even work on Rune Factory Oceans. That was a Rising Star Games thing. Um, but yeah. So yeah, this this was an interesting week trying to figure out. Wait, is are they actually announcing a new game? Are they not announcing a new game? What's going on? Did this get mistranslated somehow? Yeah, the joys of working trying to figure out stories that are translated by people that don't actually read Japanese. Mm. <laughs> All right. So if you're interested in that, it's coming out um, in North America and Europe on September fourth. Eratus, Lord of the Dead, is exiting early access. So it uh, left early access on April 23rd, and you can purchase it on PC via Steam for $24.99 or local equivalent. That spent nine months in Steam early access. Um, they've also confirmed that the expansion, Eratus, Wrath of the Necromancer, is coming September 2020. So you are a necromancer escaping a dungeon prison to get revenge on the people who put you there. Um, Pascal did an impression of the early access game. So if you're interested in learning more, check that out. Um, minimal Affect. <laughs> a comedic action sci-fi RPG has been announced for PC and major consoles in 2021. Minimal Affect... Spelt with an A. Oh, Mass Effect. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took you that long. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to be, I was deciding whether I was going to be harsh or not and ask if this game was like 10 years too late. Is Mass Effect really worth parodying anymore? And I think the answer is right there. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I, when I saw that, I'm like, this is going to be kind of like those, like, the video game equivalent of the scary movie and date movie and epic movie parodies that are supposedly horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's not going to be subtle in the slightest. <laughs> so, Minimal Effect follows the crew of the Star Alliance Balding Eagle on its maiden journey. The game parodies multiple pieces of the genre, most evidently, a certain cover based third person shooter RPG. And features skill upgrades, lots of combat, numerous alien characters to meet, and side quests. But here's the million dollar question. Can you doink them? I'm sure. <laughs> yes. One of the characters' twice. names in the trailer was Kiara. Yeah, you've got Kiara. There's an objective here called Defeat the Shadow Balker. So, what yeah. is this? It's um, It's a thing. To and here's my favorite part. The developer is called Toadman Interactive. The publisher is called Sold Out, and the parent company is called Enad Global 7. In space, no one can spell your name. What? And the art style looks very aping of Rick and Morty. So the humor on this is going to be completely lost on me, so I don't think I'm going to play yeah. it. But um, that guy looks like the quad sack guy in the trailer. You got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Book of Demons. 
um, is coming to consoles. So um, they will land. Uh, actually, it's out now. It's uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch land out on April 30th. So Book of Demons is a hybrid hack and slash deck with hack and slash RPG with deck building gameplay, granting players the opportunity to determine how long individual quests and adventures into the game's procedurally generated dungeon last. It was launched a couple years ago for PC and Mac in 2018. Um, Pascal reviewed the game, so you can, if you like the way that he reviews, you can check it out and see if it will tickle your fancy. Um, Final Fantasy XIV had a letter from the producer, and um, it talks about patch 5.3. I'm not going to go into a tons of details. Um, the one thing that this does, and I'm very excited about, is this has the major rework of um, all content in A Realm Reborn and, two, and the 2.0 patch series. So this is the streamline into the Heavensward content. I need streamlined Stormbringers content. <laughs> what? No. Stormbringers? Stormblood. Or Stormblood. Sorry. Wrong game. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it confused with Shadowbringer. My bad. So, the point is that I'm stuck at level 64. Yeah, I'm at thir- somewhere between 35 and 40, I think. So, did they give a date for this? Nope. Right. I think they they say it's been delayed. I think it's expected in the second half of June or July. Okay. At the moment, I know yeah. that the FF14 streamer um, I follow is now doing playthroughs of the old way so that they can compare. Yep. Yeah. You'll yeah. also be able to fly in the Realm Reborn areas. All of them or certain ones. All of, all of them, but you have to have done a certain quest to do it, I believe. Oh. They're also making the Crystal Tower raid from A Realm Reborn mandatory. Oh, good. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, For a reason. I have later. no context, so I'll just smile yeah. and nod. Well, it's, it, it, it it's a spoiler. Play later. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how quickly Japan is trying to catch up to the rest of the world in working from home. Um, because I think something that a lot of people don't know is a lot of people don't have internet at their houses. Oh, right. That's just not a super common thing. Most people that do are, (laughs) um, immigrants. Oh. (laughs) I was about to say gaijin, and then I was like, uh, people still kind of consider that a slur, don't they? So. But I mean, we literally have a gaijin on staff, so. Maybe we can get him on someday to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, people don't tend to have computers or internet at home. So it makes it very hard to work from home. So, yep, that's a thing. Interesting cultural difference. I mean, that's why internet cafes are a thing. Yep, bongs. Although I guess that's more of a Korean word. All right, moving on. Um, Brigandine. Um, the Legend of Runergia. That word. <laughs> Runergia. Um, two things happened. One, the demo came out. Um, and so that demo is available on the Nintendo eShop. Two, um, as of May 1st, um, uh, Limited Run Games is doing a pre-order. So you can get the standard edition 
um, from now through, I think, June 25th when the game itself comes out. Four weeks. Oh, four weeks. four weeks. Sorry, they've been talking about extending some of their pre-order periods, but I guess they decided not to do it with this one. So if you're interested in getting a physical edition of the new Brigandine game, check out the demo. If you like it, go to Limited Run Games and buy a copy. I would highly recommend this. (laughs) Recommend playing the demo? Yes, okay. before you decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a weird thing happened. Uh-oh. Indivisible showed up on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Surprise to Surprise everyone, including to the developers. literally everybody. <laughs> so yeah, it just like randomly dropped on the Nintendo Switch, and basically the guy who runs Lab Zero Games, the developer, was like. Um, so, hey, I found out that Individual was on the Switch when people messaged me this morning, and I just bought and downloaded it, and it's like three versions old and has <laughs> none of the functions that are supposed to be in it. <laughs> and people got upset because, hey, um, a bunch of us are backers of the Switch version. Where's our codes? And 505 kind of went silent for like 48 hours. And then on April 29th, they put out a statement. It's 29th or the 30th. Um, they put out a statement that was like, hey, guys, this totally wasn't us. We don't know what's happening. We're going to make what it do, right. What do they mean they don't know it was them? I, Yeah. Well, who was it? Well, I mean, it has to be them. It wasn't us. Who could the it only, be? The only thing that I can think of is like the porting team submitted it. They don't have access to. Well, I think what it was supposed to go for pre-orders, I think, on the date that it went up, but it actually went, the entire game just got pushed off and it being just pre-orders. It was supposed to come out in early May. Properly. But they just, it just went live and so sort of, well, we've basically got to roll with it at this stage. So there was, there is a day one patch that, was going to go with it when it went, but obviously it hasn't come out yet. So yeah, there's, there's stuff so getting added to it. Someone messed up somewhere along the line. We're probably yeah. never going to know who because everybody is just kind of going to subtly point fingers. Um, Five Hundred Five Games as a publisher is really hit and miss. So I don't know. All right, uh, moving on. The Waylanders has had their voice cast announced. This is the upcoming Celtic-inspired time-traveling RPG. Um, I don't recognize any of these names, so if you're interested in voice actors, check out the Waylanders story. I can tell you something. Colin Salmon is in the Pierce Brosnan James Wan films. He's M's assistant in those. Fred Tassascore is in the is in a load of anime stuff. He's um, Don Corneo in Seven Remake, and Ashroka is um, Tally from Mass Effect. They're the ones I can remember offhand. I think the others have been in other stuff as well. So we had a Discord party last night where we were having fun guessing which Catherine. Um, voice actor was actually a persona voice actor. I mean, oh, the, the answer, answer is, is all of them. them. Yeah, but it was fun figuring out which one was who, because they have different they? styles of voices in Catherine than they do in some of the other games. I didn't know you had a Discord party last night. Sorry, <laughs> it's every Friday. Oh well, I, 
I never saw the Twitter notification go up. Oh, no, I didn't tweet people. To be fair, I did kind of pass out for like an hour at one point, so I might have missed any notifications. Lovely listeners, if you would like to join our weekly Friday and Saturday night Discord hangout parties, you can go to rpgamer.com slash Discord, jump on our Discord server, and once you see a staff member, you either pause or Naboo, join the, the voice chat, you too can jump in. Or you we could just, just go ask, and join the voice chat whenever you want. We just ask that if you have a noisy background that you your microphone when you're not speaking. Or, you know, remember to mute when you're yelling at your cat that's destroying your game area. Alice, get off the damn amiibos! Mm-hmm. Ugh. We love Kelly's cat. I do, too, sometimes. Look, she's being surprisingly good right now. As I hear jingle, jingle, jingle. Oh, that maybe that was Scotty. No, that's Lita. She's off. Off on the cat tree now. Alice has passed out in her basket. <laughs> All right. Ooh, 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 ooh. I got ooh, really excited ooh, for this announcement. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Watch at Eyes Game put out new trailers and screenshots for Nighthawk. Okay. Which is a vampire text-based adventure RPG. Uh, so we've played Watch at Eyes stuff, Chris. Yep. We like it. Uh-huh. Um, what was that game that we played that I really want to replay it? Um, 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 damn it. So we played all the Blackwell games, and then we played... Yeah, Unavowed. Unavowed! Alex just said it. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally missed it because I was Because you were too busy being a loud lady. Yep. I'm sorry. (sighs) Thank you, Alex. Yes. Um, So this is being developed for PC, expected to launch in Steam sometime in early 2021. Um, It's designed by Richard... Or sorry, written and designed by Richard Cobbett, um, Sunless Sea, Sunless Skies, Not Tonight, which is why I'm excited about it, and the art from Ben Chandler, who did Unavowed. So this got kickstarted a couple of years ago, and I'm so excited for it. Uh-huh. Yay. How do you really feel? Uh, so poor. No, I'm excited. Um, Roots of Paka. Um, a new farming okay, scene. Oh, I'm sorry. Roots of Pacha. Um, is a new farming sim RPG. Game features the familiar trope of being da- tasked to build a thriving farming village by developing tools, discovering new plants, domesticating animals, growing and harvesting crops. But this one's set in the Stone Age. So this is that is, new? I can't. I'm not even sure. There's so many farming. Yeah, sims. I can't think of a farming sim that's a Stone Age game. That's kind of a okay. twist. Okay. Um, so Roots of Pacha is coming. Um, Quarter 1, 2021, it is planned for PC via Steam, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation and Xbox consoles. If you are interested in the closed alpha test, you can jump onto the publisher's Discord channel prior to release. The real question is if there's dinosaurs or mammoths. I don't know. There's an announcement trailer. You should check it out and see if they're in there. All right. Um, Hey, guys. It's time to get making. (laughs) Viking time. I'm going to Viking. Yay. What do we do? We um, need a hammer? Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. Was announced. And why are you sending me Steam links? Because it's on sale and you wanted to play it. Okay. Um, Ubisoft has announced the latest title in the Assassin's Creed series, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
Um, this is uh, much like Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, where this is like an RPG. Uh, Valhalla, set during the Viking Age of the 9th century, puts players in control of the Viking warrior Ivor. Ivor can be male or female, and the game features an open world complete with sailing as players lead raids on England after es- escaping the harsh conditions of Norway. Yeah, I love that. You get to you get to go and raid the monasteries in England. <laughs> That's very a Viking. Yeah, very Viking. This might very well end up being my first Assassin's Creed game. I think it the, might be mine, too. The last two have been really good, actually. This is the uh, Origins team, not Odyssey. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Origins was but good. Odyssey like was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Origins was good. Odyssey was fantastic. So which one is Egypt? Egypt was Origins. Origins. And Odyssey is? Greece. Greece. Mm. Actually, actually, I might need to check out Egypt too because that one has cats. Yep. And you can play as a lesbian. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Greece. Oh. Oh, sure. oh, sh- yeah, that was Greece. Damn it! <laughs> I think you need uh, Odyssey, Anna. <laughs> Do I need to pick up Odyssey for you? Is that what you're we telling me? We don't have it at this point. No, I'm we have stunned. Origins. I bought Origins and never finished it, so I never picked up Odyssey. What's the verdict on Black Flag? Is that one any good? That's like the it's first sailing. really good one that everyone loves who's not an Assassin's Creed fan to begin with. There's a lot okay. of sailing. Actually, people are going to be like, no, Assassin's Creed 2 was the first super duper good one. And like, actually, Revelations. Okay, fine. But then, if you didn't get into those, the next round of people getting into it was Black Flag because that had all the pirate ships. And now the next round after that is Origins, because then it's no longer an Assassin's Creed game. Now it's an action RPG with camel riding. Yeah. Yeah. Because my two nerd fantasies are pirates and Vikings. You will have very different experiences, I bet, between these two games then. And you should go for it. And Assassin's Creed Black Flag can be found for like $5 on sale. Oh, uh, we've got a copy of it lying around somewhere. I think everyone I like... does. It's like it's just <laughs> hidden under people's doors and like, like mailboxes. It's like the ubiquitous Assassin's yeah. Creed game yeah. that everybody owns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it manifest in your house? I mean, like a haunted painting? Yeah, more or less. It's just like, oh, I, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I even Black had that Flag. on like Wii U, I have seven of which them tells now. you how ubiquitous it was. <laughs> All right. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla launches for PC, uh-huh. PS4, PS5, yeah. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Google Stadia this holiday. When's it coming to the Ouya? Ouya! <laughs> I like how optimistic they are that Stadia will still be a thing. <laughs> In six months? <laughs> oh, they've committed it won't be shut down until next year. Oh, Okay. Um, was this one of the ones that if you bought the Xbox One one, that you would get the Series X one automatically? Correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oddly, it doesn't seem to be vice versa. Well, I mean, if you're buying the uh, the other one, do you really want, do you really need the uh, uh, less, you know, okay. are you really going to be playing it on the Xbox yeah. One if you've got think, the Series X? Yeah, I think Xbox system is does make it vice versa so if there is a xbox okay. xbox one version you play it on xbox series x and you'll probably have access either way i mean maybe you, you give your little brother your xbox one your your 
God, these names are so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works. I don't think it works that way. It's not like two separate games. It's more like uh, if it's registered on the account, then we've got the X Bone Kelly and the X Sex. That's okay. Those are two. All right. Well, that's still confusing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's not confusing? Dissidia NT Free Edition is now 50% off on Steam. That is about 50% less than the game is worth, <laughs> if you ask me. All right. I don't know how much it costs now. It's free. How can it be half off? Um, because the DLC is half off, That's maybe? not what this says. I understand. <laughs> <sighs> What are we talking about? Um, and we have a Kickstarter check-in. Wow, there's a lot of Dynasty Warrior games on sale. Kickstarter check. Kickstarter yep. War check. of Assured is a strategy War. turn-based RPG. War of um, Assured Following Deegan, a young hunter, resides in the world of Assured. Fate uh-huh. eventually intervenes and Deegan he gets resides caught in the Resides in the world of Assured? Assured. A-S-H-I-R-D. Oh, okay. But it's... That's... That's also not the word I was expecting. Okay. okay. I can go play this game on Steam for 74 cents. Goats on a bridge. No. No? Veto. Really? Is it bad? Don't buy games that are under a dollar. Oh, okay. Has the eShop taught (laughs) you nothing? (laughs) I can't buy Nisidia NT then. Free edition. For half off free. Correct. Oh, no. All right. Deegan gets caught up in the turmoil that centers around the three main nations of the game, Prisian Empire, Kingdom of Ceridia, and the Free Cities Alliance. Wait a minute. This is Fire Emblem. This is literally Fire Emblem Three Houses. Isn't there Fire Emblem news from this week? No. I thought there was like a new details about their next expansion or something. No, the expansion stuff is done. There's a Fire Emblem Heroes crossover event. Oh, I thought there was like a new story chapter they were going to add no okay just fire emblem heroes um yes so uh deegan must solve the conflicts between these nations and the choices the players make through the journey influence the story war of assured will feature two different battle systems wait they're putting out another fire emblem heroes no they're adding more content to fire emblem heroes yes there are major storylines that get updated about every six months in fire emblem heroes yes the game for the Wii U. No, the Fire game. Emblem Heroes. Yeah. Oh, that, Heroes! Fire Emblem Warriors. You didn't say it right, Anna. Now I understand. Okay, <laughs> now I got it. Thank you. So it wasn't on the Wii U. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, the 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 it was on the something. Muso game. The Muso That's game was on something. Switch. It was on Switch and 3DS. No. Oh, yeah, the bad version was. <laughs> New 3DS only. New okay. 3DS. New 3DS. Yeah. And 3DS. All right. Um, so meant- carrying on. The the default combat system in War of Assured will consist of grid-based battles with up to seven characters. Uh, however, when players are fighting bosses or laying siege or castle or conquering a new territory, the game shifts to a three-member turn-based combat system. There are over 20 playable characters to recruit with over 20 cities to visit and the opportunity to own land to become lord of a castle. So this game is expected to release in PC for 2021 with consoles coming for 2022. Uh, No specific consoles have been mentioned. Let's jump to the Kickstarter campaign and see how they're doing. Um, So they have $48,000 out of their $82,000 goal. If you want to back them, 
$25 uh, minimum will get you a copy of the game. Sorry, that tier is gone. $30 or more gets you everything in a copy. It gets you a copy of the game. And if you want to go ham, you can pledge $1,500 to be the hero of Assured. Everything included in every single tier previously become part of the World Assured's world. We will make an NPC for you. You get to design a quest alongside the development team. So, what was the... Ooh, right, can I buy Japanese women animated Check. Mahjong puggle, puzzles? Yeah. So, Grand Backer... No? Is that a no? That Grand a yes? Backer gets you every... Damn it! These are all, like, self referencing so i can't tell you what's in that last year besides you get to design yourself all right carrying on hey do you guys remember ocelot yes revolver ocelot no ocelot becky cunningham that you for rp gamer ocelot i remember ocelot. yes yes revolver ocelot was revolver her icon ocelot. for a long time <laughs> she is now developing games oh what's she making she made um made marion is it a tactical RPG with a visual novel interstitials? Um, close. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, have you played this? It's yeah, kind of a them. Western Otome. It's it's an awesome game. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's it's an awesome visual novel, basically. Okay. What do you do when your best isn't good enough? Lady Marion of Glastonbury is going to have to figure that out and fast. Yeah, it's a fantasy take on Robin Hood. Basically. On what? Robin Hood. Robin Hood, okay. Cool. So yeah, you're pl- you're playing as Marion, basically, and then you have all the the versions of the usual um Robin Hood characters like yeah, Little John, Will, Scarlet and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah. Only now, yeah, you now can available. Beat them. Yeah, so play as Lady Marion, a proud and courageous young noblewoman whose mistakes land her in a arranged marriage far from home. Discover a magical alternate world where the Robin Hood story coexists with powerful druids, mysterious fey folk, and dark conspiracies. Enjoy a more traditional swashbuckling adventure with Robin Hood and his gang, or try something new as a spy amidst the political turmoil inside Nottingham. So, yep. Uh, I think that's all the news. Woo! So we're going to whip through the last couple of blocks fairly quickly just because this podcast is super long. We had our RP Gamer RPGs of the decade um, feature. It's huge. So it's divided into um, three major sections, which is um, 50th through 26th place in alphabetical order. Oh, I thought we could, we split it up in three sections so you can make three different threads on Resetera to complain about it. 25th through 11th, which is also not in numerical order. It's in alphabetical order. And then the top 10 is in numerical order. Yeah, that one you can complain about the rankings. The other two, they're not ranked. They were we're just, a terrible site. And we didn't. Feel bad for ourselves. Also, weird. That doesn't stop people complaining. We about put Breath of the Wild on the list, and we put um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm so sorry. I know that makes us not RP gamers. Disco Elysium is too low. We're a terrible site. It wasn't even given a number, which I guess in itself is too low. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we have a ton of reviews. Yeah. So for there's the also last. a bunch on, of individual as well. Oh yes, three a day for like five days. 
So, yeah, so maybe you'll find a list amongst all those people who contributed to the main list, and you can agree with that sub list and not care that the main list is not representative of your feelings. Also, it's, it's yes, okay fight. if people don't think Disco Elysium is as good of a game as you do because the, it appeals to a certain type of gamer. It's not for everybody. Otherwise, you know, it would have won game awards. I guess it did. Didn't. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. It is. I mean, um, it's, the, it's, it's the best game ever, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a list that's guaranteed to be wrong. Yes. <laughs> in, fairness, in fairness, it didn't come out that long ago, so, you know, it hasn't had enough time to percolate through the entire staff yet, probably. I like that people were surprised at how many JRPGs we like. It's like, um... <laughs> That's kind of this site. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to let you know on that one. Yeah. For those kind of unaware. Yeah. yeah. There, there's some interesting about it because it just shows how spread it is. Because there's basically, it took 16 different people voting before a game appeared as the number one pick twice. <laughs> and there are 23 different games that got a number one vote. Nice. I mean, Was any of them you... Disco Elysium? Yeah. All right, good. Someone should be happy then. I mean, you would think that that people would be kind of happy that we have a staff that has such a diverse list of tastes, but... No, they want a staff full of tastes that are just like theirs. I mean, if you saw the complaints, they're complaining about different things and then complaining about the complainers, so... (laughs) It's a lot of complaining to happen. I mean, as entertaining as that thread was, we did actually learn a couple things, and we... We are definitely battering on the idea, for example, of doing, like, an indie top 50 of the decade... That is a ton of work, though. So it well, be yeah, I'm, I'm not. 20. I'm not inviting any of that. That's just going to be a people pick stuff. But yeah, with this sort of thing, indies do get missed out just because they're not as popular. But hey, they tend to get played by a smaller subsection of the staff. And yeah. when we all, I, and while we all play indies to some extent. The overlap of which indies we do play is small. All right. I own this site. I demand a Nindies top 50 of the decade. No. (laughs) Damn it. The Nindies as in the Nintendo Indies? Yes. And they very quickly ditched that moniker. Just things featured in Nindies presentations. (laughs) Did they actually ditch that? Yeah, they're not using it really anymore. They stopped using it this year. It's because the guy left. Now they have a different guy. Vinyaki now, right? (laughs) Uh, Hey. Mm. Oh, and then we had reviews. We had so many reviews. All right. So we had a Sakura Wars review. Thank you, Josh. We had a Dragon Ball Z Kakarot review. We had a Trials of Mana review. We had a Zway the Ilvard Insurrection review. We had two Adventure Corners, Ancient Enemy by me, Raging Loop by Alex. And then we had two editorial pieces, um, which was Looking Back at Final Fantasy X. And then (laughs) we had a real spicy one. (laughs) Um, Eric wrote an editorial called Why the Final Fantasy VII Remake is Not For Me. (laughs) <laughs> and it's interesting because you can tell the people on social media who just read the title and commented and didn't actually read the article because the article <laughs> has some nuance in it and it explains why the Final Fantasy VII remake is not for Eric. And while I disagree with him on whether the Final Fantasy VII remake is in general good for a lot of people, I think he does make a really compelling argument about why it isn't for him. And you can tell the people who didn't read that because they're like, you're trash. 
yeah. Once again, on behalf of the Final Fantasy fans, I apologize. How dare you! Um, but yeah, we did end up having some some good conversation amongst people that actually did read it. All right, we got briefs, and I am ripping through these. All right, the first DLC for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is available now. Sin Slayers is hitting the Xbox One this month in May. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kiseki gets an August release date in Japan. Sword Art Online Alice Licorice is, got pushed to July. Alicization Licorice. Alice Licorice. Um, Disco Elysium bounced onto Mac, which is great because people were like, I don't know where to do it on Mac and Dot Switch. What? So I Disco... couldn't hear you over the, uh, the weight of your parody. <laughs> so Disco Elysium <laughs> got announced for Switch two weeks ago. Yeah. And then it came out on Mac. And people were mad because it came out on Mac before it came out on Switch. Oh, Lord. My favorite is, is someone tweeted at us, I don't know why they would put it out on Mac. No one plays games on Mac. That's true. And I was tempted to, like, reply back, you know the owner of the site plays games on Mac, right? That, I don't play games on Mac. I throw water on my Mac. And <laughs> coffee. And coffee on my Mac. That's what I do with my All right. Mac. The Dark Eye Book of Heroes is launching in June. Tales of Crestoria is also launching in June. Monster Hunter World Iceborne Update 4 has been delayed due to COVID-19. Zoria Age of Shattering Prologue is coming to Steam. Chris Tales gets over 20 minutes of gameplay footage. And I actually got to give feedback to one of the developers because it turns out I'm in a Discord with them. All right. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online Greymore has been delayed. I'm recognizing a theme here. Dungeon Defenders Awakened exits early access this May. Still no news on when it's coming to the damn consoles. Um, E's Memory of Salsetta is hitting PS4 in June in North America and Europe. There was news when it comes to consoles. Huh? It's coming to Switch in Q3 and PS4 and Xbox in Q4. Um, But it was, the last time we saw it in a Nintendo Direct, it was March 2020. Well, it was always q it was always a queue. There wasn't actually ever a no, month No, I, I have it on my spreadsheet as March 2020. So it had a solid enough release date that I put that down. Yeah. So I it said March 2020 somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, carrying on. Uh, Little Town Heroes Big Idea Edition has been pushed back to the end of June. Thanks, pandemic. All right. Question of the week. What are we going to ask people? Ah, what are we going to ask people? We we don't know. We didn't come up with one. Oh, guys. I am blanking. <laughs> I mean, have we asked people what their RPG of the decade was? No, we haven't. Sure, let's I... ask that. It is time appropriate. Yeah, I like it. All right, so what is your RPG of the decade? Wild and... Arms. No, you can't answer that for this. No, one, that you, was what I want to remake of. Alright, right. so if you want to give feedback to the podcast, there's a few ways to do so. One, you can email us podcast at rpcanamark.com So and if you're listening on this very, very quickly, one, you can email us at podcast at rpcamer.com You can call or text us at 608-729-4098 and have we had text recently? 
Uh, no. Matt from Texas, you're falling down. I, I don't think we have, but I didn't check today. Okay. Um, or you can go to the podcast thread at rpgamer.com and slap down your reply there. Um, or you can watch for a tweet during the week at, at rpgamer. And I have been pretty good at remembering those. So you should We had it. a missed call, apparently. Is it someone wanting to buy Henry? No, no voicemail. Just a missed call. My favorite is missed calls on the Google Voice number because it doesn't go anywhere. So it doesn't ring anything. So it doesn't bug me. It used to ring your phone. Yeah, I made that stop. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you picked up the Google in the middle of the um, podcast one week and it was actually someone that was trying to leave a voicemail. (laughs) I think so, yeah. I can I say how long was that Henry? How long ago was that Henry call? Now that he may That's be years. gone. Yeah, he might be glue at this well, point. I mean, yeah, I mean, lived to like thirty max, right? So it could still be around. All right, um, new game releases. We missed a couple weeks, so some of these we talked about in the news, but we'll talk about it again. Um, Book of Demons. Came to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Disco Elysium hit the Mac. Fairy Knights hit the Switch. Indivisible hit the Switch. Oops. Um, Octopath Traveler landed on Stadia. Sakura Wars uh, launched on PS4. Sakura Wars? Sakura Wars. Sakura Wars. Oh my god, Sakura Wars. Sakura Wars. Oh my god, Sakura. Oh my Sakura. Coming out next week, Sin Slayers on the Xbox One and Wintermore Tactics Club hits on PC via Steam. Oh, I forgot to check the Nintendo downloads list to see if there was any weird ones. (gasps) Are there any? Um, Let's see. Oh, you didn't check. Um, Let's let's see if we can do this quickly. Nintendo download news. Oh, and the site's organized horribly now. All right. 911 Operator Deluxe Edition. Hey, Arcade Spirits, didn't you play that some? Yeah, so, yeah, this is a visual novel that a friend of mine is the lead writer. And so um, the idea is what happens if the 1983 video game crash never happened. So we live in an Atari world? We live in a world that it continues to be uh, dominated by... Um, arcades. There's a fourteen dollars uh, Kyrosoft port coming to the Switch. Pocket Arcade Story. You oh could probably They're get the same. $14. You could Sometimes get the same on game the on your phone for probably four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, like if Kyrosoft gave us the PC style versions of those games and had all <laughs> the menus and spreadsheets, that would be cool. The Four Kings Casino and Slots. The Four Kings Casino and Slots is a social MMO that allows you to immerse yourself in a simulated casino experience. Start off by creating a personalized 3D avatar that represents you in the online world. As you play, you will be rewarded with extravagant and prestigious clothing to further customize your look. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bingo. You actually see him marking the thing off the stamp. Huh? There's a screenshot of him playing bingo, and he's actually got the stamp to mark off the uh, ones that come up. That's cute. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it. So what is everybody going to be playing next week? Alex? 
Uh, I'm deciding. Possibly, I might give Langrisser a go. The Langrisser one and two. Yeah. Ooh. How about you, Kelly? Um, don't hold me to this, but I might start up World of Final Fantasy Max on the Switch just because I'm in kind of a Final Fantasy mood right now, specifically a Final Fantasy meant to be meta mood. I have been eyeballing that in my um, backlog list. Your failure log list? Shut up. You played through most of that game, then you stopped. I did not play through most of that game. I played through less than three hours. And then you got, and we get the Vita version. You still didn't play it. Then we got the Switch version, and you still didn't play it. Okay. At what point do I stop harassing you about this? I don't know. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I bought it when it was like 20 bucks because I knew that I wanted to play it on Switch. I just haven't had the gumption, but it's going to depend on whether or not I finally nope out on hard mode in 7 or not. All right. Um, Josh, what are you going to play this week? Uh, more snake ladies in XCOM. Tired of these mother effing snakes in my mother effing XCOM? You got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you going to play this week? Animal Crossing! Okay. And maybe XCOM. All right. I am going to play Sakura Wars or else Josh is going to shiv me. Oh, not true. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm not playing XCOM. <laughs> Why? You're playing the XCOM on the PlayStation 4? Oh, you're right. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm not playing so to, Final Fantasy 7. To give a little context to the comment... <laughs> Josh gave me his copy of Sucker Awards. So I, because I am interested in playing it. Um, and so I'm probably going to finish up Catherine and immediately jump into Sakura Wars. I just needed a couple of short things to no, kind of just cleanse get, my need palate to, after you, Persona 5 Royal. Whatever. You were on a PS4 kick and you're not willing to admit it. You know what else you could play on PS4 that you should play? What? Monster Hunter! Why would I play a game that I don't want to play? Because you... I want to see you run away from the monsters and go, Ah! The pickle's gonna eat me! (laughs) (laughs) It would be delightful. (laughs) No, what would be delightful is for you to scream and avoid Mm -hmm. (laughs) have a camera on her. (laughs) So, yeah. What was I playing that I was running around... And screaming. Uh, Destiny? Yeah! That was really funny. Oh, I got a headshot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had, like, no health left, and, like, I I was running out of resources, and I actually managed to kill the boss with a headshot. It wasn't a boss, it was just an enemy. Oh, it was? <laughs> it was just a random... <laughs> I killed the boss. Anna, this is a normal dude. But he was really hard. I shot him in the head. Yeah, that's how you know it wasn't a boss. <laughs> you don't one-shot bosses in the head. I didn't one-shot him. Uh-huh. I just got excited because it was like, boom, headshot. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I really wish you'd play more Destiny. <laughs> you can play Destiny 2 now. It's better. It's on Stadia. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you even have a Stadia? No. Stadia's free. 
No, we don't have a Stadia. We don't have that controller. You don't need a, that controller. You can play it on, com- uh, on just on the computer. But then we'd have to buy the Stadia version of the game, right? Um, um, weren't they giving it away free? The uh, yeah. the premium bought the version? controller, I thought. Yeah. No, no, like they were just giving it away for free for like a month. Well, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. So there's like an Xbox Game Pass style thing for the Stadia, and uh, you can sign up for that for free right now. No, nah, it's more like PS Plus, where you get like two games a month free. Uh, my like, bad. I think. I don't know. It's Stadia. No, I think it's a subscription link. Yeah, yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, I think it's more like Game Pass than Plus. Okay. All right. So now that we have thoroughly confused everybody about what Stadia is and isn't, <laughs> thanks everybody for being on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Del North, for making our music. Thank you, Forecast, for our encoding. And we will be back next week for the 600 quintillionth day of... Or COVID miss. Signing off from COVID two, the island of COVID two thousand. Yeah. Bye everybody. Bye bye everybody. Bye bye.